We're going to finish our series that we started about three weeks ago on worship. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to be looking at a few verses in Genesis chapter 1, and then we're going to, our main portion of Scripture will come from Genesis chapter 2, verses 1, 2, and 3. And um, I think this is, this is an interesting message. I thought I was only going to do two weeks on worship, but then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, man, this has got, this is something that we, we need to hear from God's Word. Uh, if you, by any chance, did not bring your Bible, I want to encourage you to download the Bible app, and you can follow us along that way. If you don't have a Bible, um, you can do that, or you can follow, I think most of the verses will be on the screen, but just a couple of points, in, in case you just uh, you know, just stepping in for the first time, or if you're just following us online, I saw several um, first-time guests online. Just two main points to recap what we've been talking about, what we've been learning. The first one was this. I said, week one, we said, you were made to worship. Like we human beings, uh, we were all made to worship. Uh, you may not consider yourself the type of person, the worshiping type. You know, you know the, you know the, the type, right? Not, it's the type of people that, like, they need a little space because they're going to raise their hands and they're going to, they're going to, you know, do this little number, you know? I, I've been watching myself every once in a while on, on our YouTube channel um, just to, you know, do, I just want to be, become a better communicator. And so every time, every once in a while, I'll, I'll see the end of the worship part and I'll see who's that guy there moving like, like that well it's me you know I'm like I'm doing this little dance you know and I just I guess I don't notice it and, and you so you may not consider yourself um, that type of person the one that the, the worshiping type um, but what we've learned is that worship is so much more than than that so much more than what happens on Sunday morning the two songs three songs that we sing what we've said is that, and I, I sort of unpacked that on the first message. So if you have time, go back and listen to the podcast. What we've said last week is that worship is our response to what we value most. So it's not just our words. It's not just what we sing. It's not just what we pray. It is our, it's, it's our actions. It's what we do. It's our response to what we value most. Not just lip service. It's actions. The Bible says that our whole purpose in life is to worship our the one and only true God like our whole like if you you know if you want to know why you're alive like I, I believe that if you're alive today there's a purpose for you and the, God's word teaches us that that purpose is to bring pleasure and honor to the one and only true God now you may choose not to worship him like many people do um, and you may, but you will worship something. You cannot help but worship something. You, you will have a response to something that you value most. And that worship may be someone else, something else of a, less, uh, a lesser value. Uh, but we will, for sure, as human beings, all of us get to worship. So with those two thoughts in mind, I want you to look in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It says this. It says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of god was hovering over the surface of the waters so as we read this passage and we're going to skip around a little bit because i want to get to our main portion of scripture in genesis chapter 2 i want you to pay attention to the order of events 
Okay, so I'm just kind of giving you a, a, a clue right now. Pay attention to like just the order of when things were created, the timeline, okay? Uh, because it's going to be important in, in, in the, the main point that I want to share with you this morning. So verse 3, it says, Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Now you read the whole passage in this this phrase comes over and over every time he creates something it says and, and God saw this and he saw that it was good alright so if you read the whole passage this is what people call the seven days is the account the seven day days of creation okay the account for the seven days of creation let me summarize them for you the first day what was created help me out we just read that what was the first thing that God created there was Light, So that was easy. Second day, if you were to read down the, the passage, God creates the sky. Third day, dry land, seas, plants, trees, all of that. The fourth day, something interesting happens. Bible says that God creates the sun. Now think about that for a moment. He creates the sun. Our primary source of light comes from the sun. But if we go back to the first day, it says that he created light on the first day. So I let you chew on that for, for a moment. Um, so I don't know where that light on, the, on day one was coming from, but I think that's, that's pretty interesting. The fourth day, he creates the moon, stars, the sun, all of that. Fifth day, all kinds of animals in the, um, you know, the, in the ocean, the fly, all of that. You read the whole thing, and it's, this is a, in the Hebrew language, this is a poem. It's got rhythm to it. It, it rhymes. God would see that, you know, he'd create the light. He would see it. He would say, man, that's good. He'd create the sky. He would, he would stop. He would see it, and he'd say, man, that's good. He'd create the animals. And it was, and it just, it's got a little bit of rhythm to it as you read it in the Hebrew. And what God is doing is he's assessing his creation, he, he's trying to, he's, he's checking it out and he's saying like, I, I just want to see how this thing is, is turning out. Similar to when you fix a meal and, and you're adding all the ingredients and you're adding everything and halfway through, basically, um, you take a bite, okay? And, or you take a spoon and you just taste it a little bit or maybe you ask someone, hey, tell me, is this, is this too salty? Is this too sweet? Is it, are the flavors too strong? That's what God is doing six times. In chapter 1, he says, he looks, and he says, it's all good, and it's got rhythm. And then something happens in, this, in, the, in the language, in the poem, where the, like there's a breaking point, and everything stops. Actually, it happens twice. Day 6, he creates us. He creates mankind. And the Bible says that we are the crown jewel. Like this, this is the, like we're the masterpiece. Like, like, he's, like he's been creating all these other things. When he gets to us, like we are the best of the best. We're made in his image. And he says, it's what? Do you know it? It's like he sees us and he says, not just good, but what? Very good. Like he's given himself, he give, he's given us a, like a, a five-star rating. And then the unexpected happens. When I read this, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Because he goes through the whole thing of creation. You get to us. We're like the best thing that he's ever created. And then do you know what happens next? What happens on the seventh day? Everything stops. Now you would think that you would think that he creates us, you know, and that's where, man, that's where the adventure begins. 
that's where things get like man we're gonna go and we're gonna be productive and we're gonna take over the earth and we're going to like you you would think that the natural flow of things is he creates us and that's when things you know get rolling that's when things get started but no there's a second break and it's found in genesis chapter 2 verse 1 look at it with me it says this so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed and on the seventh day watch this god had finished his work of creation so he help me out he what he rested from all of his work which is kind of a difficult verse to understand if you think about it because okay god if he's god how is he going to rest i mean how does that work but let's just keep reading we'll get into it in a little bit verse three and god blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested there's our word again for the day we're going to talk about rest today because he it was the day when he rested he made he declared it holy because it was the day he rested from his work of creation now i look at this passage and i'm thinking this is sort of anticlimactic like this is like he spends all of his time on creation and everything is good he creates us it's like really good and then everything stops like usually doesn't that doesn't make sense why would everything stop it's like building a hotel let's say you just build this beautiful hotel like it's not not even a hotel it's like a resort most technologically advanced resort i mean it's just beautiful and you get done with it and then you shut it down and you don't open it up to the public it's like you work on, on this beautiful meal for your spouse, gourmet meal, like you've been working for days, it's your anniversary or whatever, and you want to treat her or treat him, and you're working on this thing, and it's just like amazing, and you're done with it, and then you put it in the refrigerator, and it's like, ah, we'll just have that some other day. Have you ever thought about that? He creates all of creation, and then everything stops why is that well that's what we're gonna that's where what we're going to look at today and it's not it says that he rested but it's not like god rested because he was tired because if god rested because he was tired then he wouldn't be god would you agree with me does that make it does that make sense like god didn't rest because he was oh my goodness you know these human beings you know it's been a day and i'm already exhausted no 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 it wasn't any of that right he did not rest because he was tired so there's got to be something else and so i want us to dig into scripture and find out why did he rest what's the point and so the main point that i want to anchor ourselves to like the one thing that like if you don't remember anything else if if i have one wish this morning is that this one thought will just it will remain in your mind in your heart the main thing that i want us to anchor ourselves to this week is this god did not create us just to be productive he does the bible does say that you know that we were created to, to be fruitful and multiply okay but god did not just create us to be productive god created us to rest with him to um to spend time in communion with him now earlier i said i asked you to keep track of the timeline right or like when the story of creation when things when things were created now let me ask you when were we created were we created at the beginning middle end so you you tracking when were we created we were the what we were the last thing now that's no that's not by coincidence 
Like everything that God does is intentional. And so when God creates us last, there's a purpose in that. And he creates us in that what that should teach us is that the very first thing that we get to do as human beings, I mean, you talk about purpose. You want to find out your purpose in life? Dig into Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. Like, after the message, go back and, like, really study it. If you have a, if you have a study Bible, I want to encourage you to dig in because this is going to help you. If, you want, if you've ever asked the question, why am I really here? That's the question that we've asked in this whole series. Lord, what, what's my purpose in life? If you want to find out, study what Scripture says. And this passage, what you teach us, I believe, is that the very first thing that we get to do was not produce, but it was to rest with him. Now, rest is not what you're thinking. It's not just being lazy. It's not just not doing anything. It's more than that, and I'll explain that to you. The biblical definition of rest, when you find out what it actually means in the Hebrew, what that word actually means, then you'll understand that God wasn't just resting because he was tired. Totally different reason why he was resting. Sometimes in life, and you probably go through the same thing I feel defeated has that ever happened to you like I feel just like I'm in a rut like I am exhausted you know um, Ignacio alluded to it earlier today and he's like man I don't know about your week but my week has been you know it's been a, it's been a week and sometimes there's times in life when, when we all feel like we're not making progress. It may be your career. You're working hard, but you just don't feel like you're advancing. It may be college uh, or school. You, 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 know, you study and you, and you work hard, but you just don't see progress. It, it may be a family thing that is just not working out. You just don't see a whole lot of fruit. It, it could be, I mean, it's just a multi, multitude of things. Uh, a person at work that doesn't see eye to eye. Finances, you feel like it's just one thing after another. You you just don't get a break you feel like your your wheels are just spinning have you ever been there or is it just me I feel like yeah i see so, several of you guys going like this yeah we've we've all felt like that let me tell you why more than likely it's because you have no margin we, we live in a culture where we are just go 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 we're not it's not social uh, it, let me put it like this it's not socially acceptable to rest it's, it fe- you feel guilty other people will make you feel guilty and the truth is that when there's very little margin in your life in fact let me, let me just say this margin I learned a long time ago I can't remember who wrote this uh, it was not original with me but someone said margin is the difference between your load and your limit alright so all of us have limitations you're not a machine you're a human being God knows that. And all of us carry a certain load, right? Your kids, your finances, the stress of of life. You carry a load. Margin is the difference, okay, that exists between your limitations where you go like, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. I cannot go on like this. And so so when you look at Scripture, what you're going to learn today is that you are feeling like you're defeated and you feel it like you're in a rut and like your 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 wheels are spinning because you have no margin you're not practicing you're not practicing biblical rest now i'm not talking about not doing anything okay because we have to redefine that word rest that's why i call it biblical rest when god created adam the very first thing that he did was what rest with God all right so I want that to stick because it's we're going to get into it but when you're going to forget 99% of what I'm going to tell you this morning but if you can remember that 
and apply it to your life, it's a game changer. And I promise you, you'll come back a few months from today and you're like, you were right. The reason why I was feeling like that was because I was not practicing biblical rest. Now, what does, what does Adam do that first day after he's, he's alive and he's born? Well, God obviously establishes this pattern, this strategy. It's a strategy. That's what I call it for living. And so the, the fall had not happened. The fall happens in chapter 3. So just picture this for a moment. There's no sin. There's no disobedience. There's just perfect harmony between man and God. God sets things up in motion so that he's, Adam is um, experiencing perfect intimacy with God. Like Adam, um, he hears God walk in the Garden of Eden. He, he walks with God in the cool of day. This is a, just an authentic, it's a genuine relationship. Like every word is filled with closeness and joy. Uh, Adam is known by God. Like he, God. like he knows that God knows him. He knows that God loves him. I mean, to, to the core of his being. Now look in chapter 2, verse 2. One more time. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested, that's our word for today, from all of his creation. Now, let me tell you what this word means in the Hebrew. The word rest is the word Shabbat. Everybody say that with me, Shabbat. Shabbat is where we get our English word for Sabbath. You've heard that word before. Sabbath is in religious circle. It's, it's, it's a time of rest. Some, some preachers sometimes, ministry is very taxing on, a, on, a, on the human mind and spirit and emotions. And so uh, I've learned that in ministry, there are pastors. I've never done this on a long term. I know my brother-in-law, he's a pastor. He's done this. And I know other pastors that have done this. But they take um, like a, a sabbatical okay and for my brother-in-law it was a year where he took that time to rest and took that time to recharge and so there are times where you may do as a pastor you may do something different you're still working but you're doing something different because you cannot lead a church on empty you cannot lead your life on empty but uh, taking a sabbath in religious circles is taking a day or a time of rest now the hebrew in the hebrew word there's three different definitions for the same word now when you study the languages of scripture old testament is hebrew new testament is greek what you find out is that in the hebrew you can have one word and you can have seven different definitions for the one word in the greek is the opposite in the greek you have one word and excuse me i said that wrong in the hebrew you can have seven different words that mean the same thing okay you tracking seven different words they all mean the same thing in the greek you have the opposite you have one word that can have multiple multiple definitions so hebrew very general more of a story uh the the, the story of the bible the greek very specific very precise very like into details so one of the words for the word rest is a change in rhythm a change, like when you go from one season to the next, you go from winter to to um, to the spring to summer. You know, just you're changing. Like some of, like your your schedule may change, right? Some of the things that you wear may change. Your calendar may change. So that one of the words for the word Sabbath, for the word rest, is a change in rhythm. Here's the second one. It means to observe or to celebrate. So similar to like when you have a a, a newborn baby. And she's asleep, and you are 
uh, observing her, you're celebrating, she's asleep, and you're rejoicing, and this is like your first child, I don't know if you've, if you, if you've had a child, like, you know that, like, the first time when you see them after, after, you know, like, it's, you've gone through the whole process, and it's like, man, this is, this is God's creation, and you just go, ah, like, it just, you just rejoice and you celebrate what God has done in your life. That's what that word means. There's a third definition for the word rest. It means, one, to change rhythm, two, to observe, to celebrate, three, to be completed. It has the idea of feeling fulfilled. Like when you, when you work out and you have a really workout and then you're done and you go, man, like, man, I'm done, and like the endorphins are kicking in, and you feel like you've achieved your workout, or when you've done a project, like there's a big project, and it's taking you several weeks to get it accomplished, and you get it done, and you're like, yes, I got it done, and you check that thing off, that's, that's, that, that's the idea of this word, rest. Now, let me tell you this, when you practice biblical rest, it is a form of worship. We'll look at that here in a little bit, Okay. When you practice biblical rest, the way that I've described that for you, it is what you will find out is you will have more strength in your life, you will have more endurance, you will have better focus, you'll have more clarity, you will, have, you will gain wisdom, you will have peace of mind, and it's not based on your circumstances. Your world could be like upside down, but when you are practicing biblical rest, the, God, the way that God teaches it in his word, you will, you will be able to make it through things that you would not otherwise. I know people who are exhausted. I know people that are, that are struggling in life, and it's not that they're not resting, just resting, like just not doing anything. No, they're, it's not their schedule. It's just simply that they're not practicing biblical rest. Now look in verse three. It says, God blessed the seventh day and declared it What? holy let me ask you did he make the first day did he bless the first day the second day the third day fourth day sixth day no 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 like did he make any of those days holy so there's got, there's something special to this this is the tenth one the third commandment of the ten commandments this is the third one remember what what does the third commandment says remember to keep this sabbath day holy now, later on, at the end of the message, I'm going to show you that this is not just Old Testament because Jesus actually practiced this as well. And so my ch- the challenge that I have, the challenge that you have, is that this is not socially acceptable. It is the only commandment that it's okay in our culture to break. Think about it. Um, a man goes into a store and um, he's... It receives horrible customer service, okay, like the worst ever. And this guy says, man, I'm going to kill that guy. And somebody hears that. What happens? Like not acceptable, right? A kid writes on his little journal or his notebook or something, I'm going to blow up the school. What happens? Not acceptable, right? A, a co-worker's a, a coworker, married coworker says, "You know what? I'm, I'm falling in love with my neighbor. Like things, you know, like we, you know, it's just been one thing after my marriage is not, you know, and I think we're gonna hook up." And you're like, "Whoa! You know what? What goes through your brain? Not acceptable. Thou shall not kill. Thou shall not covet. Thou shall not, um, you know, steal. Thou shall not like all of the. That, that's what comes to to mind. Thou shall not commit adultery. But what if I say? What if I say, man, I gotta work on my day off.'" 
who, 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 socially acceptable, right? Like, I'm going to work on my day off. Like, how many of you would think, oh, man, I cannot believe Pastor Alex is going to work on his day off. Nobody thinks of it that way, right? Nobody, like, actually in our culture, we applaud people that work on their days off. And we like, yeah, go, you know, you're, you're, you know, it's the grind. And so my encouragement to you today is this. My challenge, my encouragement is that you would not fall into the business trap. The second most used answer to the question, how are you doing? Do you know what it is? Busy. How are you doing? Busy. How's your life? How's your family? Man, we're just busy. You know, like, we're just busy. We're just busy. You know, that's a, that is the question, and I can see it all over your face. I know that I'm hidden. I know, like I'm, this is funny. I'll, can I be vulnerable for a minute? So when I preach on marriage, just know um, that I more than likely probably had an argument with my wife that week. When I preach on finances, I probably got some unexpected bills, and, you know, I'm being tempted, you know, not to put God first in my finances. So guess what I'm preaching on today? Rest. Guess what I did this week? Not rest. Like, both of my days off, full day, all day working. I'm like, Lord, why do I, you know, I feel like a hypocrite. You know, I told my kids, your dad is being a hypocrite this morning uh, on Saturday when I was working, you know. I usually take Fridays and Saturdays off. I couldn't get, take a day off. So I, I want you to know this is coming from a heart of, of humility. This is not like me stepping on toes or anything like that. This is something that I think that as a culture we all deal with, um, but... Um, why is that? Why do we, why is that the second most used answer to the question, how are you doing? I believe because in our culture, we're obsessed with, I think there's a belief under all of that when we say we're busy, I think we want to be hard workers because it makes us feel valuable. It makes us feel like we're being productive. It makes us feel like, yeah, you know, we're working for this company and we're getting it done and we're not being lazy and not, we're not being, we're not unworthy. And when you look at scripture, what God is saying is like, no, 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 you got it all wrong. I want you to get your worth from me. Your worth doesn't need to come from your productivity. And the reason for that is that the very first thing that we did when we were created, I mean, there was so much more to explore We could have spent a day exploring all of creation, right? But God says, no. We're going to spend some time together on the seventh day, and it's going to be a beautiful day, and it's going to be a holy day, and I'm going to bless this day. So let let me ask you, how do we practice this today? How do we practice biblical rest? Let me tell you. I'm going to spell it out. You're going to turn your phone off. On your day, the day that you choose, it could be a Saturday, it could be for me. This is my, I work on Sundays, so Sundays is not my day off. For you, it may be a Friday, it may be a Monday, it may be a Saturday. One day is what God says. One day, shut it all off. Turn off the phone, turn off the email, turn off the notifications, no meetings, no one day. That's what God, that's, that's, I believe that's scriptural. That's why I believe I can say it with confidence. Um, you're going to do what God did. God rested to leave us an example for us. Not an example of laziness. It was an example where he said, you're not a machine. You're a human being. You have emotions. You have a soul. You, 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 you need to take care of your body. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to change once a week. I want you to change the rhythm of life. Do something different. 
So if you're a writer and you write every day, don't write on your day off. Now, you may not be a writer. You may be something else. You may be a teacher or you may be a businessman, but you enjoy writing. Is it okay to write on, on your day off? Yes, because what rest means is a change in the rhythm of life. That's what God says. You're gonna, the second thing that he says is you're going to observe. You're going to celebrate. Take one day a week to look back and say, man, God, thank you. That's what we do on Sunday mornings. Hopefully, Sunday mornings is a time to reflect and say, hey, God, thank you for what you've done in my life. Hopefully, you do that on your own because, to be honest with you, you don't need me for that. You can take one day a week where you look back and you say, Lord, and thank you for, for what's happened and just, just take, take a time to reflect. That could be one hour. It could be one minute. It could be half a day. But be intentional about taking a day, a week, once a week, where you say, you know what, I am going to see with my eyes what has happened this last week and the blessings that you've given me. And then the last thing is, you're not, you're going to, the last definition was to be completed. So you're going to allow at least one day not to move on to the next project. Because that's what I do. Like I'll work on something and it's done and I don't stop, and I just move on to the very next thing. And that's why we end up getting frustrated, because there's no change of rhythm, there's no pause, it's go, 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 and we don't ever look back and say, okay, Lord, I am intentionally not going to reply to that person. I am intentionally, and it is so, for me, I'm just speaking from my heart, it is so hard, when I, and, I, and I, please don't get this the wrong way, it's up to me to rest, not up to you to allow me to rest, okay? So, but here's where the temptation comes from me. I'll get the text, I'll get the emails, I'll get the notifications in a thousand different ways, right? Because we have WhatsApp and we have Instagram and you can, they can direct message you and you have Facebook and you have, there's so many ways for someone to get a hold of you. And so it's not up to everyone else to allow me to rest. No, it's up to me to have the discipline to practice rest, and so for me, the temptation is that the text comes in, somebody's struggling, and I want to be there for them with all of my heart. But it's up to me to not look at my phone, to not look at my emails, and you get the drift, right? So, pastor, I cannot do that. My business will fall apart. I will lose the promotion. I'll get behind on emails. My sales will plummet. I've heard it all. <laughs> it's up to you. Listen, you cannot afford not to practice biblical rest. And so in a very real sense, when you rest, you're worshiping him. Why? Because worship is your response to what you value most. And maybe the problem, the problem is not anything else but the fact that you're worshiping your job. And you're not allowing to have yourself to have a rest that God commanded you to have because, and you don't say it, but because you value your provision, you know, your job is tied to your finances, which is tied to the things that you do, providing for your family, all the right reasons, I get it, I mean, I'm there with you, but maybe you need to readjust and you need to ask God, Lord, is it, is it that my worship, we talked about last week, we talked about worship, right, you know? Like, it's not just what you say, it's what you do. And so, look, look at um, Matthew 14. We'll close with this. Actually, two more verses and we'll, we'll be done. Matthew 14, real quick. Look at how Jesus practices. 
Matthew 14, 22 and 23. In fact, if I, if I can get the worship team on stage, that would be great. We'll, uh, we'll, we're going to wrap up here in a minute. Jesus, the Bible says this. Watch this. Matthew 14, verse 22 and 23. It says, as soon as the meal was finished, so Jesus you got to read back to, to kind of get the context, but I'm just going to read it. As soon as the, the, the meal was finished, Jesus, watch this, insisted that the disciples get in the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the people. I want you to look at all of the action words here. With the crowd dispersed, he climbed to the mountain. He climbed the, the mountain, excuse me, so he could be by himself and pray. He stayed there alone late into the night. So let's go back. Can we go back to verse 22 real quick? Look, look, at all the, look at how intentional Jesus was. This is the Son of God. Like Jesus put on himself, I mean, he's 100% God. Now when he came to, to this earth, he made himself, he limited himself, okay? But as the Son of God, watch how intentional he was. And I think this is the whole purpose of this is an example for you and for me. It says, he what he insisted okay so it's not like his disciples were telling him no 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 he's telling him hey i want you guys to get on the boat and i'm sure you know because when you read the scripture you kind of know how the disciples were a little slow i'm sure he had to tell him multiple times and i'm sure some got on the boat and i'm sure some didn't and he's like no hey guys you know it's like he's it's the sheep right it's like i want you to get on the boat come on come on come on get on the boat get on the boat get on the boat then what else does he do no, go, go back, 22. He what? He dismissed them. He dismissed the crowd. Intentional. Next one. He climbed the mountain. This, none of this happened by accident. He prayed. And he stayed there all night long. Now, did Jesus need any of this? No. He's the son of God. He, he's a, I mean, we talked about the Trinity, another series. We did it a few months ago, but you can look into it. But he is God. He does not need to rest physically. But he's doing it for you and I to learn something. He's modeling something. He set healthy boundaries. Jesus loved everyone, but he did not treat everyone equally. He had 12 disciples, he didn't have 200 disciples. He had, of those 12, he had three that he spent more time with. He was very intentional with those three. Jesus would go into a crowd. He would go into town. And there was a crowd of people that needed to be healed. And he would heal some, but he did not heal everybody. And he would send the crowds away. Why? Because even though he was God himself, he wanted to leave us an example. That as human beings, we need to practice biblical rest. One last verse and we're done. The Bible says this, John 15, 4, it says this. It says, remain in me and I will remain in you. That word remain is the word rest. And it's used in the other passages of Scripture in the New Testament to be translated like that. Remain in me, rest in me, and I'll rest in you. Then what else does it say? He gives the example. A branch can't produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. Let's put the verse up there, please. You cannot 
be fruitful and remain in me. In other words, he's saying, like, if you cut off your arm, you know, or any other part of your body, it's going gonna, it's gonna to shrivel, it's going to die, it's, it cannot be separated from me. I'm the source of all life. And so maybe, 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 maybe the reason why you have felt like you're not advancing is because you're not practicing what God's Word teaches us. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, I just, just want to just put it out there. The first symptom of spiritual decline is inconsistent worship. I'm not talking about worship singing or praying or no, I'm talking about worshiping while you rest. So the question is for you and for me, how often do you practice biblical rest? God modeled it from the very beginning. He said, take one day off. No emails, no texts, no calls. Pastor, you don't understand. People need to be able to reach me because of my position. No, I understand. I understand very well. Maybe you need to set up the system in such a way that you will have someone else backing you up to take your place that one day. The bottom line is this. Do you trust God to make up the difference? Essentially, when I rest... What I'm telling him is, God, I trust you that you're going to take care of those people. God, I trust you that you're going to take care of those tasks. God, I trust you that you're going to make the difference with those emails. God, I trust you that you're going to do something in my mind and my heart that is supernatural, that is beyond my capacity. And so I worship you. God, I believe many of us need to confess to you this morning. I'll be the first one to admit, Lord, forgive me when my mind doesn't stop, when my body is on go, and I put it through the rat race. So God, forgive us for not honoring you and allowing the seventh day to be blessed. God, would you keep this thought in in our minds the next few weeks? And would we not just give you our words and our desires, but would we give you our actions? That's our prayer today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.